You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. Today we've got a great question regarding law enforcement drones and what kind of drones are going to help them save lives. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, my name is Paul, as always. <laughs> and my name is Rob, as always. Super glad to be back in this chair, spending a little time with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, as always. By the way, before we get started and just get right into today's question, just want to say it is brought to you by our good friends, Rob. That's right. <laughs> you're sponsoring the show today. Oh, well, you're welcome. Yes, yes. You're yes. welcome, Paul. Actually, uh, you gave people a huge discount on those virtual mapping boot camp classes and other classes as well. So honestly, I think you deserve all the credit. Let's go ahead and play that question because today's going to be a good one. Um, we're kind of coming into this hitting uh, hitting for the fences. So let's let's get started. All right. Hey, Paul and Rob, this is Officer Brennan with the Miami Township Police Department. We're located here in Montgomery County, Ohio, just south of the city of Dayton. In May of this year, I developed and implemented a UAV program here at the police department. It's been very successful thus far. We've acquired two UAVs. Uh, my question to you guys is I wanted to get your professional opinion on as our program grows, which UAVs should we look into purchasing in the near future uh, based on their capabilities. I think to be able to answer this question, you should know a little bit about our township. It's 34 square miles. We have a population of about 50,000 residents. Uh, however, in the eastern part of the township, we are extremely urbanized. Uh, we have a, several shopping malls and a lot of business, so our population actually skyrockets during the business day because people come here to work, and we have a lot of visitors to the business district. Out west, we have a lot of farmland. And the Great Miami River flows through the middle of our township. We actually surround the city of Miamisburg as well, which is highly populated. We have two interstates that run through our township, I-75 and I-675. And we have several uh, long-term healthcare facilities here in our township as well. So any feedback you can give us uh, would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Officer Brenneman. It's uh, actually, you know what? I, I kind of feel like when um, somebody like uh, like Alex calls in from um, a law enforcement agency or whatever it is, township, federal agency, I'm, I'm honored, right, that they would call in and ask the question. So I know we want to be very thoughtful and as we, of course, would um, to answer this question in a way that's going to ultimately benefit this because I don't know, you think about it and it's uh, the gravity of it's pretty big because um, they want to use these drones to protect people. Yeah, and, I think it's great. And help people. So anyways, um, I'll get off that soapbox. I think honestly, I just want to say, first of all, grateful uh, for the question. Thank you very much. We appreciate the fact that you would ask us the question. Um, I just want to say that because I think it should be said. Exactly. Um, I think the other thing, too, is that we're going to focus on using drones for good. We're going to we're going to focus on using drones to save lives. But that could be on both sides of the envelope, okay? We could be saving a police officer's life, uh, and we could be saving a civilian's life. Um, 
frankly, I know there are a lot of people like uh, the Chula Vista Police Department who are pushing the envelope of what drones, you know, can or should be doing. Um, and I think that those questions need to be asked. I'm not sure, though, that it's the right way to go about it to just kind of like go into it and start doing things because it really sends a conflicting message from the FAA as far as what they're allowing uh, people to do experimentally, but they won't let commercial people do it unless you've, you know, paid your way. Um, so I just want to say that a lot of the, the advanced things that are going on, these are questions that really should be asked. Should police be able to use drones to uh, deploy first over a human? And I think something like that is, well, isn't part of a police officer's role to interpret. And oftentimes they're kind of put in the middle between government and society. Uh, as of right now, I... Uh, I thank God for every level-headed, objective police officer that is out there right now. Um, man, your job is hard, or ma'am, your job is hard. I just can't imagine what it's like to go through all that stress all the time. Um, so I just want to say that please be, we want to make clear our message here is about helping police. It's about you know, we're not here to question how you use drones. We would say maybe you should question what is responsible when using technology. And remember, um, yeah, you guys have ways that you go about creating systems to go about dealing with things. And I think that those systems should be used to determine how other tools should be used. That's kind of what I'm saying here. Yeah. Rob, round Robin, I'm not sure if I had made much sense. But <laughs> uh, but long story short is let's talk about, you know, I love the fact that they're building a drone program. You know, one of the biggest issues with drone programs, because it's such a complex workflow is that it can often be difficult to understand which way to train pilots, who should be trained, who's really trained compared to what they say that they're trained, right? And we've actually developed a system to try to help solve this problem. Uh, and we're not going to talk about that right now, but I do want to say if you are in law enforcement, you are building a program. We built a program out of fear of watching programs fall apart and go away after following the hype train from various marketing efforts. And we built this program to try to help people who help themselves and help other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we call that props, uh, practical, reliable operators practicing safety. And I'm not here to sell that. What I'm here to say is I understand it's hard to be an officer. I understand it's hard to make rules. I understand that we're still in this gray zone, this limbo area. And I just am trying to say tread with caution and try to use the right foundation of systems to make the right calls. But we're going to focus here at DroneU on using drones to save lives, not incriminate people. And I just want to make hmm. sure that that's, uh, that's clear. I don't know. Did I do a good job of explaining that? I'm trying to be like, don't judge us and come after us hardcore. We're trying to do the right thing. <laughs> there, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear now. Yeah. Well, and and uh, thank you for the background as to your township and kind of what it entails. Um, that's helpful. I think we can kind of deduce what some of the uses might be for drones. I mean, look, you know, we're, I'm actually filming a video today for Prop saying, look, everyone that we're training in enterprise level wants to do three things, take really good photos, take super smooth video, even in close proximity and be able to shoot ortho mosaics. And I mean, it, those are like the three most popular, right? So if we're, if we're knighting the prom king and queen, it's the ortho mosaic and smooth video. Okay, so that being said, what can you give an example of each? Meaning, 
why would a police department need to use photos? Why would a police department need to use super smooth video? Why would a police department need to have orthos? Wow. Uh, well, couple examples. No, I think that's yeah, and I think to keep it quick. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the ortho first. Uh, ortho mosaic. Just let's be clear. Think of a single grid mapping mission, autonomous mission. Drone flies in straight lines, takes lots of photos with lots of overlap. Why? So that we can create essentially a two D map of the area. It's not accurate, you know, in uh, any sense of the word. Uh, maybe relatively it's accurate, yes, but not absolute or in the survey sense. So we're not surveying here. The idea is overwatch, which, by the way, police officers have an exemption from surveying in most states as far as taking measurements is concerned. Thank you, Stephen Sharp. Um, <laughs> that being said... Um, Overwatch, search and rescue, Overwatch, it's great to be able to see where people have searched, what has been searched. It's great for understanding comprehensive area or coverage of search, meaning you go out and you say you're going to search these 10 square miles. Well, how do you know you actually covered all 10 square miles, right? With our orthos, we can do that. I would utilize something like Pix40 React for that. I wouldn't even process the ortho. You literally just throw the photos in React. It reads the EXIF data and says you, you either miss this area or you didn't, which by the way, that is in our search and rescue class. And in our search and rescue class, we also talk about, well, I'll, I'll go into that in a minute. Ortho mosaics. The other thing that they would want to do is event management. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do logistics and navigation at large scale events, I know that's not going on right now, but it's definitely going to happen again in the future. So planning logistics, especially for security logistics, it's extremely powerful. Um, so just on that point, so are you suggesting that, I mean, you could ultimately take whatever, a month, two months, however long it would take, and sort of map your town, mm -hmm. basic orthos, and just have those available. Yeah, actually, it's funny. Keenan uh, mentioned that a long time ago, that 3D mapping would be really good for emergency management in, in deploying assets in a much faster and scalable fashion. And I think he's on to something. I, I think he might just be 10 years ahead of the curve. And especially with, you know, budgets going, <laughs> the budgets are going to crash next year. Yeah. Um, we already see that happening. And so we're really focusing on trying to teach people how to use the, the existing equipment they have mm -hmm. and really focus on buying cheaper equipment. The fact that he had bought the two drones that he did, the shh drone and the um, DJI <laughs> Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual. I think we know that the Enterprise Dual is probably the most useful drone for police. But I do also want to throw it out there to people to check out the Autel Evo 2 Dual. Um, it's a phenomenal vehicle as well. And it's actually a lot easier to use because of the geofencing than, than the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual. Okay. Because just because of the geo fencing issue. Yeah. Personally, I would rather fly the Mavic because now you have attitude mode on the Enterprise uh, Mavics. So it is ultimately a safer aircraft than the Autel because once again, if something happens with the Autel, we have absolutely no way to take over control. Pilot is in priority. Pilot can actually stop an emergency. It's not autonomy or uh, software over pilot input. It's that simple. On the Mavic. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying, your question was uh, use case use cases for the orthos, the video, the photos, and the photos. Okay. The reason I like the Enterprise Dual is really going to be for our videos, our ability to zoom in. It's a great it's a great uh, capability to do that. It's not the best zoom, uh, but it works. That being said, I would not be shooting orthos with either of those drones. I know Pix4D just did the integration for the Autel. It's not something I would use. It's just the sensor is too small 
Again, no attitude mode, ultimate safety. And again, when I can, it just, it doesn't make sense, okay? I, I'm sick and tired of drone manufacturers ignoring this whole mechanical shutter issue, okay? Because look, if I want to fly this Phantom to map an area for just for an ortho, I can literally do it in one third the time than the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual or than the Autel Evo 2 Dual, just because this shutter is picking up everything at once so I can fly faster, so I can get the mission done faster, okay? It's, it's just speed. It's just speed. So we're going back to photos, videos, ortho, ortho for search and rescue, ortho for logistics, ortho for overwatch and SWAT situations as well. Getting assets into places, is it's very useful. Mm-hmm. You can quickly determine if certain assets can fit in certain alleyways, et cetera. Do you see what I'm kind of saying? Okay. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you're, you're essentially casing an area via the... Yeah. And people who people might hear that and be like, what about my privacy? You don't have privacy when you walk outside. I wish people would read the law. It's, it's really silly at this point. Um, so privacy, and especially when people are like, well, what about my privacy? And then they go on their phone and they're like, um, Google uh, Toyota hybrid 2020 gas economy. And then they don't understand they're going to, you know, get ads for probably the next six months on hybrid vehicles. Yeah, right, right. Well, <laughs> even more so the conversations they're having with the phone in their back pocket. Correct. That they are not saying Google. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most Epic, people, I Epic think, shelter. realize that now. They just don't put it all together when they think about drones because they're still sort of unknown and scary. Well, I don't think people understand that they're making a compromise for comfort and giving up security. I don't think that they're, they, I don't think that they're conceptually realizing that, that they're making that uh, compromise, that they're giving it up Giving up, giving up freedom for security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But oh, let's not boy, go down yeah, that. Go there and right we're not now. going down there. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about how to save lives with drones. We talked about search and rescue. Ortho mosaics overview is great, right? Uh, I would use a Phantom for that because I can get it done a lot faster. The detail of which is much faster. Uh, when it comes to search and rescue, though, we're also going to be needing a thermal drone. Typically. In our search and rescue class, we even kind of talked about this, and it it was great because that was a live class. So you got a lot of other voices in that class asking questions like, well, should we run, if we're doing a search and rescue mission, should we run our ortho right away to search the images and then also deploy a thermal drone to take images? And so we really had that conversation. And just so you know, we are, that search and rescue class is available to membership, but we are going to give it away to government employees that can verify their employment status to have that search and rescue class. We're also going to allow other people to sponsor people to have that class. And it's as simple as you buy a search and rescue landing pad and you get the class for free. Why are we doing that? Because the landing pad is used specifically when searching for missing people. The pad has things like a picture of jeans, a picture of khakis, a picture of com the most common colored clothing so that... If we search an area and we use a phantom to make the ortho, we can then use those same photos and throw it into an application like Locate or, or Rob. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> or I'm done with Locate. And it has nothing to do with attitudes, humans, or anything. It is prehistoric at this point when you have something like Pictera. Oh, man. Pictera hits the master algorithm formula. That's why it's so exciting to me. It, read that book, The Master Algorithm, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. That being said, when we're talking about 
or search and rescue, when we're talking about searching photos, you know, the, the phantom's going to get it done faster. We can use things like Locate, like Pictera to search for jeans, to search for clothing, to help find people. That's how it works. That's why we're asking you to sponsor someone by buying a landing pad and we'll ship it to them and they get the class for free. Why? Why, why, why? Because they need the landing pad to be able to autonomously use artificial intelligence to search photos to find people. It's by far the fastest way to do it. That's what our class teaches. That was a very round robin of why I think they need a phantom and the tool. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this. I would think that another use case for police departments would be live feeds. Like there's a there's something going on. Let's just be extreme and call it a hostage situation, and they want to get a live, get a drone in there with Zoom and then live feed. Is the dual going to be a good option for that? Hmm. Um, well, a lot of public safety uses the RTMP feature of live streaming, which is a very useful feature. Um, it's funny that you ask that question. I sit here and I'm like, you know, I don't really know which drone I would use. The hard part about this show, and I apologize to the officer who asked this question, I apologize because it's hard to really organize. Like, what are you, what are you after? Orthos, photos, videos? Okay, well, if we dig down the rabbit hole, what does that cover? Search and rescue, SWAT, Overwatch, planning, right? Okay, the ortho, we're going to need a phantom for. But the thermal side of the search and rescue, we need something with thermal. And so his drone that he has, in my opinion, is already good enough. The dual. The dual. Mm -hmm. so, as far as live streaming is concerned, the dual doesn't have the highest resolution sensor, but it is extremely quiet and it can fly for long periods of time. And it's a reliable aircraft. And it could stream. Yes, and, 100%. Uh, I mean, it could be a solid enough feed. I would think that... Some of these guys, if they're in that position where they're having to watch feeds to assess a situation or whatever, they're used to not having the clearest of pictures. Just by definition, those tend to be grainy, et cetera, et cetera. True. Right? So my point is that it could work for that. Yeah. When we did this with Rancho Cucamonga and Anaheim County, um, we did it with the Inspire One, but that was also, I think, four or five years ago now. And we chose the Inspire One because the dual remote feature makes the live streaming really easy, mm. meaning you don't have to go through all these software things to live stream and access it. And it is a very complicated setup. The Inspire Two, it's like you pull the two remotes out, you're good to go, you live stream. I mean, you saw that yesterday when we were doing the operations class. We use the second remote with a crystal sky and we just rip right out of the crystal sky, which mm. if you're really smart as a police officer, I just gave you the answer, the real answer to the question. <laughs> Did but you pick so, it up? Did you pick up on it? Did you pick up on it? And you know, use the crystal sky with your Mavic that you already have and rip HDMI out of that. And you could HDMI okay, what, locally, to, what but is, it's not over the What internet. does rip mean? Just pull the video feed. Okay. Yeah. Via the cable. Via a cable. Yeah, it's not over internet. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to... We're, remember, we're talking to our 94-year-old grandma. Not well, you, so Alex, funny but in general, that's the... We had <laughs> someone just yesterday ask this question of like, hey, I need to do like a localized live stream. How do you do it? Hold on. Let me stand up for a second. Oh, hey, Apple. Thanks again. I shouldn't say that really about any tech company, but the Apple Airport Express is a great way to locally stream your feed. Yeah. If you have an Apple device as the monitor for your remote, mm -hmm. because you can airplay to a closed network and then anyone can log on to that network. Super cool. And watch it. And super simple. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, there are a lot of ways to live stream. So I'm like, well, how are we live streaming, Rob? Is this well, like cellular? Is this no, like no, Wi-Fi? No, 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 no. Is like, are we plug and play over here? Like, We're trying to give as turnkey. And in particular, so the question that he asked was, he, it sounds like he's wanting to add drones to their fleet, right? Mm -hmm. And so the question is, do they just buy more duels? Sounds like maybe a Phantom would be in order. But then you bring up the uh, Inspire. That's we generally don't talk about the Inspire. And I think there also has to be that the functionality of not, I think, I mean, obviously one of the things, of course, um, departments like about the Duel or, or the, the Mavic in general is the um, the compactness. Yeah. Right. And versus an Inspire 2, okay, not, not so compact. much. Right. Yeah. Fantastic machine um, that can do so many great things, but they've got to find that balance. And so. Do they, if they have a $10,000 budget, do they just go buy four duels and a bunch of batteries? You know, I mean, kind of. They could only get three duels. Because, oh, the, the duels are more like 2500 right? 3500 Oh, sheesh. Yeah, the, uh, the Terra 4. Yeah, price goes up. Interesting. So, okay, so, um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just trying to, as you're seeing, Alex, this is really difficult for us to answer these kinds of questions. And I definitely, again, appreciate you uh, giving us the, uh, in terms of specifically answering, yeah. like, if, if we could have one drone, well, we need to have a conversation, mm -hmm. right? But I hopefully you're at least getting some, some good feedback from Paul so, as to what to think about. Well, here's something to think about. Let's go back to this live streaming example, okay? Are we, like Anaheim County, they have this beautiful Ram pickup truck where they have screens mm. on both sides. That's why I brought up the Crystal Sky. Are we live streaming to a local TV or a local command center? If so, there's no need to buy another drone. Just use a Crystal Sky while you're flying and a 30-foot long HDMI cable. Okay. Oh, now if that doesn't work because we need a local network via Wi-Fi, we can use something like an Airport Express. But then, you know, when you show up and it says uh, Apple SWAT Wi-Fi, you know, people might be like, hmm, <laughs> you know, uh, they probably already noticed the truck at that point. But <laughs> anyway, but it could also open up vulnerabilities as well. The third option is live streaming over cellular, which is through the RTMP, which is through a network server, which, yes, it is. Uh, uh, difficult, I would say, to set up, but it is also secure. You know, other people, we used to go through YouTube, but I think now that that raises issues. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, I don't study CGIS compliance. I really don't, and I probably should um, as someone who has a degree in criminal justice. Uh, but CGIS compliance is criminal justice information security. And when we ask the questions of, well, we need to live stream with our drone, my first point would be, mm, what does CGIS say? What are, what are the rules that we have to follow according to that? Hmm. Because that is, I, we need to use that as our guide so we don't, you know, lead anyone astray. And then, okay, they have, you know, if we go back to, they have these drones, they want to add new drones. Right now, I would tell people, don't buy any new drones. Seriously, don't do it, especially if you're law enforcement. If you're commercial or a hobbyist, definitely buy new drones. The Mini 2 is pretty badass, just saying, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my Cinewhoop way more, though. Holy cow. Rob, C, I mean, every, like sometimes now he walks in, hey, is it cool? Pew! <laughs> Through the office. <laughs> no, no <laughs> it's like, not cool. On a conference call. Yeah! And they're like, what is that? Are you okay? Like, I remember hearing that one time. Uh, I can't remember who you were talking we're coming, to. We're coming to my office on Monday and there's confetti all over the office floor. Oh, I'm sorry about that. 
I, yeah, I couldn't find the vacuum. That was my excuse. I just didn't want to vacuum it. <laughs> and he's sticking with it. <laughs> anyway, But that brings up a very good point. Law enforcement, are they going to use confined space drones? Some say yes, some say no. I've heard some police who, is, who say law enforcement is already burdened to uh, learn enough things. Why wouldn't I just use a robot that we have a robot to go inside and look around through a house? Why would I use a drone? And for me, I was like, well, you can rip through the house a lot faster than with a robot. Well, and, and a, a Mini 2 is going to be, what, 500, 600 bucks? I wouldn't, What's one of those robots cost? You know what? How many thousands and thousands of dollars? Super funny, ironic rabbit trail is I lived next to the inventor of that bomb robot. No kidding. Uh huh. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Mr. Wickham. Yeah. Depends Um, on what the. But okay, so we probably should wrap this up. Yes. Let me finish the confined space thing. Okay. If you're going to buy a drone to fly inside, I would not recommend any DJI drone. I would not recommend any Autel drone. I would not recommend any American drone. I would definitely not recommend Skydio. What I would recommend is you seriously buy what we call the air DJI air unit, which is an FPV unit. And you learn how to fly FPV because the low key two, the low key drones, those, those drones that are made for confined space training, they're, you know, extremely expensive and you can build that drone for four or 500 bucks. You can turn on turtle mode. You can do everything. You can fly around. Sure. You don't have smart batteries, but it's not really that big of a deal. And, but that takes, that's a huge learning curve. Are they really going to be doing that, that type of SWAT work? And I would say probably not. A lot of people are not going to buy the confined space drones. So they're going to stick to what we talked about, the ortho mosaic, the photos. Why do they want photos? Because they're on social media too. They want to build trust with the community. Why super smooth video? Because they want to be able to follow a suspect who's shooting at other police officers. Okay. I mean, it's not hard, you know, why, uh, why do they need video in close proximity? Because there's things like trees that exist. You know, it's not difficult. So you really got to, what I would recommend, this is my advice. One, use existing systems of regulation to understand what you can do. Number two, um, try to figure out how to use what you already have before buying more drones. Three, hit the pause button on buying new drones until Q1 of next year. Trust me, wink, wink. Yeah, just trust me. Um, Number uh, three, I would say uh, figure out what are the deliverables? What are the things that you're going to be doing with the drone? Because that should be the way that you attack the question of what equipment do I need? The answer, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Next question, what do you want to do with it? Next question, how much flexibility do you want? Because ultimately... Our payload defines what we're going to acquire. Yeah. Sorry. Did I try yeah. to like wrap that up? No. In yeah. I think that I think that's great. I, I was curious about why you're saying not to buy drones, but I get it. Um, there's some expectation there of what's coming. It's uh, just because we're in this kind of weird political area where we really don't know what's going on, and there's a lot of question, and there's just not a lot of. I, I, it's just uncertainty. That's it. That's all I'm saying is uncertainty about what the regulatory uh, framework holds. And I think we're going to have a lot of answers very soon. Um, and I would also say that um, it's also based in the fact that I've seen a lot of public safety taken advantage of buying drone equipment. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling anybody out. You know who you are. 
Um, we hurt people. We hurt the heroes that help us. And the fact that you can like walk walk away from that situation and feel good with yourself, uh, you, uh, whoa, um, you and I can't be friends, sorry, because I can't trust you. So that being said, when we've seen a lot of these law enforcement agencies getting taken advantage of, we've got to provide the right framework of the right questions to ask to better understand what they need and to help them understand the equipment they have and how they can acquire what they need and how that there are uh, complex ways of handling those things. There is no one drone. For mapping, get a Phantom. It's going to save you time. Time equals money. Money equals um, not having to give people as many speeding tickets. Thanks for every police officer who never gives me a speeding ticket in the future. <laughs> Thank you. I speed. So who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? That's true. Hey, I live in a state with no jackrabbit rule. That's all that matters. It's a ma What's a jackrabbit rule? <laughs> I'm not saying that on public air air oh. airwaves. Right. <laughs> jackrabbit rule. Urban dictionary. Here I come. It's like uh, a lot of states also got rid of it after Tesla's came out because Tesla's can do zero to 60 like two, three seconds. The jackrabbit rule is essentially like you accelerated too fast. But you can easily legally prove that that's an erroneous claim because BMW proved that over the speed of 35 miles an hour, it's actually nine times out of 10 safer to accelerate and veer than hit your brakes. Check my science. No, I believe that. It's, it's better to be another way of saying that to be an offensive driver than a defensive driver. No, because that's too absolute. I'm just saying that in nine times out of 10, if an accident happens in front of you, it's safer to accelerate and change direction rather than hit the brakes. Gotcha. So thus, there should be no jackrabbit rule. Because if I need to go 40 to 120 to avoid a crash, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, I probably wouldn't hit 120, probably like 75. But hey, it's just, you know, public radio. So not public radio, private radio, public, private radio. I don't care what radio it is. I hope we answered the question. I hope so, too. I, I mean, I, I think so. Again, if nothing else, um, Alex, hopefully we've given you some things to think about. And as always, we encourage you to send follow-up questions. Yes. Uh, this is actually a really good time um, to mention. We have come across some leaked documents that showcase the equipment. How do I say this? The equipment requirements in order to meet certain uh, standards to acquire waivers, things like BVLOS, things like uh, uh, minimum weather limitations, um, all kinds of waivers. And there, we now know the system that's being used to determine the safety of these things. Um, thanks, my friend Leaker. Uh, and we are about to leak the document that was used to help build the system at the FAA as far as how to justify which drones are capable of these advanced um, operations like BVLOS. And the equipment requirements were actually quite stunning. I was kind of surprised. And you know what is funny is the FAA has published this information. It's literally like I found the document on the FAA's website. I'm not really leaking anything. It's already out there. It's just that no one's noticed it. And I would say to law enforcement, look up how other agencies have acquired waivers and you better know what the equipment standards and requirements are to get those waivers. Because if you buy a drone and the drone doesn't meet those standards, you're not getting the waiver. It's that simple. And there's been a lot of hype and a lot of misdirection in the last three months as far as what drones are for public safety. And this document is going to set the record real clear about what you can and can't use. And it's public information. It was just someone was like, hey, Paul, you might want to really look at 
this link over here in the page. Like the link itself was like three well, paragraphs. There's a whole bunch of links on all those pages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, okay, I will look. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. Awesome. All what, right. Well, what I love is that people want to do what's right for safety because it's safe. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. So does everyone so, else. Thank you for the question, Alex. We very much appreciate it. Ask droneyou.com for your question. It's it's always cool to hear from you. We we love answering your questions and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. I, I I yeah, just to recap, think of systems, what you can do, go from deliverables. Right on. I talk too much. Right on. Goodbye. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.